Welcome to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast, a platform for women to rise up together in sacred sisterhood. We are here to awaken, empower, and support you in claiming your yes as you step into your truth and divine power as a goddess. We are the healers, the shamans, the wise women, the unicorns, the fairies, and the mermaids who have come together to offer ourselves as messengers for the rise of the feminine. I am your host, Nixie Marie, goddess activist, shamanic artist, and oracle guide. I invite you to take a deep breath, inhaling white, sparkly, pixie-loving light, and exhaling anything that no longer serves you as we sit in sacred council together. Welcome to my tender baby. Sisters, in order to support this podcast, I have teamed up with an amazing online crystal shop called Spirit Magic. It is your one-stop shop to all of your crystal needs, whether it be for divination, healing, or protection. You can visit this shop by clicking on the link in the description section on the podcast and iTunes, or by visiting bit.ly slash goddess crystals. Again, that's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash goddess crystals. Well, hello, sacred sisters. Welcome back to another episode of I Am Goddess Collective Podcast. Your host, Nixie Marie in the house. What's up? How are you? How are you feeling? So good to be here as always. I just love and adore each and every one of you so much, as well as just seeing how this podcast has grown in the past year. So amazing. And thank you, thank you, thank you for for being with me on this journey of exploring all the ancient teachings of the universe and the goddess and just being present to all the magic and being open-minded. I just want to add to if you really intend to share this out with other sisters and really expand this coven that we've created here, it would mean the world to me to see some positive feedback and some reviews on iTunes as iTunes is the queen of the podcasting world. And if you have any questions for the the show or you want that you want us to address here with uh, myself or any of the interviewees that I bring on, please email Nixie at IamGoddessCollective.com and we will address it when we get to it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's jump right into the episode of the day. I am actually going to be skipping a little the grounding meditation because we're going back to our Tantra series with following up on reading the Urban Tantra Sacred Sex for the 21st Century by Barbara Corellis. And we're on chapter four right now. So for those of you guys that have maybe not listened to all three chapters yet, you can go back down through the podcast episodes and begin listening to chapter one or you can just listen right now because they all it doesn't go in any sort of sequence but uh, it's definitely a juicy book so we've been starting to read this and dive into tantra and the ancient wisdom and secrets of our sacred sexuality so without further ado let us begin chapter four 
Wake up your mind. Wake up your body, calm your mind, and free your spirit. In this chapter, we'll look at all three of the easiest and most powerful paths to pleasure. Breath, meditation, and silliness. To the Western mind, those might sound like the unsexiest erotic techniques ever proposed. But trust me, the power you will find in them is unmatched by any vibrator or other sex toy you've even, or even your hottest dream come true lover. The basics of breath. Breath is powerful. It can produce so much extraordinary pleasure that it will amaze you. Once you become familiar with moving erotic energy around your breath, you'll find all your erotic encounters to be more fulfilling. Your orgasms will be longer and deeper. Eventually, you will find yourself using breath techniques in non-erotic situations to bring erotic energy and more and more areas to more and more areas of your life. A new way to breathe. Let me give you an example of how changing the way you breathe can change the way you feel. Sit comfortably. You're going to yawn. A yawn is your body's way of asking for more air. More air means more aliveness. The next time someone yawns while you're talking, don't be offended. Thank them. It means that they're trying to be more present and alive for what you are saying. Yawn. Try it. Let a really big yawn happen to you. Fake it until you feel it, but do not force it. Come as close as you can to a really big yawn. Feel how the yawn opens the back of your throat and stretches out your whole mouth and face. That's the feeling of openness you want. Now breathe. Let your mouth fall open slightly. Relax your jaw and face. Open the back of your throat and breathe in through your mouth. Gently, but fully. Exhale. Don't push the breath out. Just let it fall out with a gentle little sigh. (sighs) Take in as much air as you can, as effortlessly as you can, and then let it go. Keep breathing. Continue this for three minutes. After this exercise, notice how you are feeling. Do you feel any different from when you started? Are you a little dizzy now? Lightheaded, spacey, relaxed, weird? Do you feel good or not? (laughs) If the breath made you a little lightheaded, did that worry you? There's no need for concern. Couldn't you benefit from being a little lighter in the head? I know I could. Changing the way you breathe produces a perceptible change in consciousness. It's a physical reality. So changing the way you breathe changes the way you feel. Sometimes it makes you feel out of control. Most of us walk around in this world trying to maintain total control over our bodies to the extent that we have reduced our breathing to a level just deep enough to keep us going. It's not just an individual choice. It's cultural. Imagine this. 
You're going to work one morning, and just like always, you step into the crowded elevator. The door closes. But this morning, something, someone in the rear of the car takes a huge, deep breath and exhales with a loud, ah. What would you think? What might everyone else think? Would that breath seem strange and out of place? Why? In response to a sex-negative, body-shy culture, we have reduced our breathing to a survival level. We take in just enough air to stay alive. Given today's obsession for eating and dieting, I suspect that we have replaced our need for air with a desire for food. Perhaps if we breathed more, we would eat less. We unconsciously hold our breath many times a day. In fact, that it is usually the first thing we do when we don't want to lose control of some situation. It's part of a reflex we all seem to have that causes us to tense up and get through it. Unfortunately, it's also the technique most of us use when we try to have an orgasm. We bear down, hold our breath, and try to make ourselves come. Sure, you can have an orgasm that way. Most of us have. But deep, full, extended orgasms happen more easily and naturally as a result of the dance between tension and release, contraction and expansion. When we used, consciously, both tensing up and holding your breath can lead to a mind-blowing orgasm after the body has been charged up with lots of breath. Energy pathways open and the orgasmic energy can travel where we direct it. There's a difference between the kind of orgasm you have after a five-minute masturbation quickie under the covers when you're trying not to make any noise and after a loud, passionate, energetic romp with a hot lover. In the former instance, the orgasm is primarily happening in and around your genitals. That's as far as the orgasmic energy can travel in a short time with minimal breath. In the latter instance, the orgasm may feel like it's, it is happening all over your body and shooting out the top of your head. That's what happens when your energy pathways have been opened and you have been expanded to allow more energy in. The amount of breath involved is not the only reason for the difference between these two orgasms. In the second example, we also added the energy building elements of movement, sound, and a partner. However, when we move make sounds, and relate with another person, we also breathe more exponentially, increasing the energizing effects. Changing the way you breathe will sometimes produce an extreme change of consciousness. So it pays to discover what, which kinds of breathing will produce which kinds of changes of consciousness. Some breath techniques will calm you down. Others will energize you. For example, mouth breathing is a charging mechanism. We breathe through the mouth when we need or want more oxygen. 
for pleasure as well as survival. Although it is considered linked to our response to stress, breathing through our mouths involves more than the primitive human fight-or-flight response. Have you ever seen people in the throes of passion with their mouths closed, breathing through their noses? Of course not. Mouth breathing charges the body. When you breathe through your nose, air goes to the lower lobes of your lungs and stimulates the vagus nerve, part of the parasympathetic nervous system, the body's rest and restore system. The parasympathetic nervous system lowers heart rate and blood pressure and sets in motion other calming measures to allow the body to rest, recover, and gain new energy. (sighs) Four conscious breaths. Following are four kinds of breath that I can count on to provide delicious body and consciousness altering experiences on a regular basis. Practice each of the following breaths for 5 to 10 minutes at a time, with the exception of the breath of fire, which you should practice only for a minute or two at a time while you practice. Keep in mind these general guidelines. Keep your eyes open and focused gently at a point across the room so that you stay focused on your breathing and don't nod off or space out. Set a timer so that you don't have to keep track of time. When your time is up, Take three deep breaths and then just breathe normally. Notice how you feel after each of the four conscious breaths. Breathe through your mouth while you are learning each breath, except for the breath of fire, which is always done through the nose. When you become familiar with the breaths, you can experiment with nose versus mouth breathing. The bottom breath. Practice for five to ten minutes. Bottom breathing is a gentle, easy way to calm you down and open up your senses. It's the ideal breath to use when you want to move out of the busy or stressful state of doing into the easy, relaxed awareness of being. One, sit on the floor with your legs crossed or on a hard-backed chair with your feet flat on the floor and your spine straight. With your hands, pull the fleshy part of your buttocks aside so that you are sitting on your sit bones. Once you learn the breath, you can do it in any position. Two, place your hands on your belly. Relax your belly. Let it go. Let it be round in your hands. Despite the culture's fascination with concave bellies, bellies are supposed to be at least slightly rounded. Begin by exhaling all the air out of your lungs. Then as you inhale, very gently push out the anal sphincter. Imagine that your anus can kiss the floor or the seat of the chair. Number five, on the exhale, don't do anything. Don't contract your anus. Don't hold it. Don't push. Do nothing. Just let go. Repeat. On the inhale, push out with the anal sphincter. On the exhale, do nothing. Keep going. That's all there is to it. If you find it hard to focus on your anus, try focusing on your belly button. It's doing the same thing. As you breathe in, your belly button and your anus move outward. As you exhale, they return to their original position without any effort on your part. This breath may take a little little while to get used to, as we are not used to focusing on our anuses. 
Although it may seem a little odd, this is actually a very natural breath. It's just not one you usually do when you are awake. This is how you breathe when you're sleeping deeply. If you watch someone sleeping on their side or stomach, you will see their buttocks and belly moving outward on the inhale and relaxing on the exhale. What can you expect to feel from this breath? Many people feel a warm flush in their face as the breath releases the tensions in their bodies. Others report that it feels as though their whole body becomes a sense organ. Still, others say it connects their upper and lower chakras. It produces a state of relaxed awareness quite unlike any other breath I have tried. (sighs) The circular breath. Practice for 5 to 10 minutes. The essence of the circular breath is breathing in a continuous flow with no break or pause between the inhale and the exhale. The inhale flows effortlessly into the exhale, which flows seamlessly into the next inhale. You can do this breath sitting, standing, or lying down. Breathe gently through your mouth, keeping your jaw relaxed and your lips slightly parted. Feel the back of your throat open and relax. Do not push or force the breath. The inhale will require a bit more effort than the exhale, which should just gently fall out. Imagine your breath making a complete unbroken circle. This breath is particularly used for circulating erotic energy around your own body and between yourself and your partners. It builds and moves energy, and it intensifies feelings both emotional and physical. Some variations of the circular breath include breathing in through your nose and through your mouth and visualizing an unbroken figure eight instead of a circle. The breath of fire. Practice no longer than one to two minutes. The breath of fire is a kundalini yoga technique. It is powerfully organizing breath that gets the little neurons in your brain humming as it clears your lungs and cleanses your blood. The breath of fire is aptly named. I usually feel a lot of heat spreading out from the center of my body when I do this. This rapid continuous breath is done entirely through the nose. It can be done in any position, but it's best learned standing or sitting up with a straight spine. The emphasis of this breath is on the exhale. Exhale. As you exhale, push the air out by rapidly pulling your navel to your spine. To inhale, simply release your navel outward. The breath fills your lungs automatically. Put your hand on your diaphragm to focus your attention there and feel the power of this breath. Begin with one breath every two seconds. Work up to one or two breaths per second. I use the breath of fire whenever I want to build energy. This could be any time before or during sex. It also wakes me up and brings my attention back as if I've started to space out. A couple of minutes of this breath will is also a great substitute for caffeine and sugar we start to crave around 4 p.m. A writer friend of mine uses the breath of fire to focus on a particularly difficult passage she might be working on. The heart breath. Practice for 5 to 10 minutes. You will never learn or practice any other kind of breathing if you never learn or practice any other kind of breathing, which would be a shame, but I know some people are minimalists. You could have a perfectly lovely time with this one alone. You can speed it up or slow it down. You can take in a lot of air in a minimum amount of effort and tension. It is a great all-around breath for all erotic purposes. This is the breath we use at the beginning 
of this chapter. When we first explored how changing our breath could change our consciousness. Number one, yawn. Feel how the yawn opens the back of your throat and stretches out your whole mouth and face. That's the feeling of openness you want when you do the heart breath. Breathe. Let your mouth fall open slightly. Relax your jaw and face. Open the back of your throat and breathe in through your mouth gently but fully. Exhale. Don't push the breath out. Just let it fall out with a gentle little sigh. <sighs> Take in a much, as much air as you can, as effortlessly as you can. Then let it go. Keep breathing. After you've become familiar with these four conscious breaths and how they make you feel, add sex. Try the breaths while you masturbate. Alternate them. Notice the different effects each one has on the ebb and flow of your erotic energy. You may notice that it will take you longer to reach orgasm while you are doing any or all of these conscious breaths. That is good. It means your breath is moving your sexual energy all over your body. When we masturbate by holding our breath and bearing down the classic quickie, we limit our sexual energy to the area around our genitals. When we breathe fully and consciously, it's like filling a five-gallon jug instead of a coffee cup. It takes longer, but the payoff is a bigger, deeper, longer orgasm and a more delicious afterglow. Breathing consciously simply means being mindful, aware, and attentive to your breath. Remember, we can only focus on one thought at a time. If we keep our mind full with our breathing, we don't have the space to think things like, I'll never come. I wonder if they really love me. Or, did I mail that bill? Now, I'm not suggesting that you only think about your breath when you have sex. But if you focus on your breath as you might in meditation, that is, using breath as the technique that allows you to actually arrive at the place of meditation, you'll find that you are well on your way to conscious sex. Meditation. When we think of meditation, we usually imagine someone sitting quietly, focusing on their breathing, perhaps chanting "Om." or gazing into the flame of a candle. If they are blissfully unaware of anything that except an exquisite silence punctuated by flashes of inspiring spiritual insight. But, as anyone who has ever meditated knows, the process of meditation is more commonly an exercise in trying to meditate. That is, trying to gently pry the mind away from the dozens of things that demand its attention and direct it back to the breath, the chant, or the flame. The spiritual teacher and modern mystique Osho observed that the Westerners who came to his ashram in India in the 1970s to learn meditation could not begin just by sitting. Their minds were too busy. Trying to sit in meditation made them frustrated, depressed, and kind of crazy. So Osho decided to use that craziness of the mind in preparation for meditation. He created, he created active meditations. Although called meditations, they were really preparations for meditation. That allowed the natural crazy ego busyness of the mind to speak and scream and worry and natter away until finally the body and mind could come to a place of relaxation and energized awareness. 
This relaxed, energized awareness is precisely the state we would like to be in when we want to enjoy conscious sex. I have created two moving meditations inspired by Osho's meditations, the exhilaration meditation and the cathartic meditation. Both of these meditations are very active. If a total stranger walked in on you while you were doing them, you would appear, if not crazy, then at least very silly. This is a great gift and a wonderful feeling. The power of silliness. Some of my favorite memories of early childhood are of the spells of uncontrollable, screaming giggles that left me rolling on the ground and gasping for breath. Invariably, these giggle-gasms were brought on by silliness, either mine or someone else's. Silliness had the power when we were children. Not only it could it make us feel terrific, It was often contagious and had the potential to reduce even the most dour of adults to occasional spells of ridiculousness themselves. It was divine. Then came junior high and the no silliness rule. Silliness is cute in little kids, but in hormone-stoked adolescents, it apparently takes on a dangerous edge. Adults who once co-ed isn't that cute now we're now screaming that's enough sit down shut up and stop behaving like an idiot stifling as that was the adult generation no silliness rule paled on importance to the peer generated no silliness rule which was thou shalt never ever under any circumstances do anything that might possibly make you look like a jerk especially in front of a potential mate This rule remains important in junior high to this day. It It has such authority and control that it has transcended junior high and clawed its way to power in our high schools, colleges, and adult lives. We will do almost anything to avoid looking silly or ridiculous. And that's not only tragic, it's, well, silly. Silliness has the same power to it did when we were kids. It can free us from our illusions of control and self-importance. It expands our minds, our spirituality, and our sex. It is time to take back our power. It is time to not only allow ourselves to be silly, but also to embrace our silliness, worship it, and infect as many others with it as we can. The exhilaration meditation and cathartic meditation, as well as many of the exercises in the rest of this book, have huge silliness potential. They may make you feel silly or look silly. This is not a problem. It is a terrific gift. Feeling shy about trying a silly exercise? Try doing it like this. Just close your eyes until the feeling produces, produced by your silliness are more enjoyable than your embarrassment. Then open your eyes and see how delightful silliness looks on your partner. It looks just as good on you. (sighs) Witnessing. When you do these extended active meditations, your mind will often explode with thoughts, not the least of which may be, when will this damn meditation be over? That's okay. 
You cannot shut off the mind. To notice just how busy and stubborn your mind can be, try practicing the technique of witnessing. When you witness your thoughts, you notice them, but you do not engage them. It's like lying on your back in a meadow on a breezy day and watching the clouds float by. You just notice that there are clouds, your thoughts, and what they look like. You don't jump on them and let them take you away. For example, you might find yourself think about work. Instead of allowing your mind to spend 20 minutes worrying about what might happen at the office next week, you simply think, oh look, another feel fearful thought about losing my job. Or you might notice, oops, I almost got swept away with that sexual fantasy about Tom. When we witness, we do not search for the answer to serve to our relationship with Tom. We do not judge our relationship with Tom. We simply observe that we are having a sexual fantasy about Tom. Witnessing is a great practice for training the mind to focus at will. Witnessing can also be useful for creating distance between yourself and your feelings. When I am extremely sad, angry, or fearful, I try to remember that I am not my emotions. I am me and I am safe in the situation no matter how painful it might be. I love Lewis Hay, the metaphysical teacher and author. She once taught me, whenever you can say, I am safe, you are. Witnessing helps me remember that my thoughts are fueling my emotions. When I can let my painful thoughts glide by without getting sucked into them, I can calm down and get some clarity on the situation. Then I may still choose to continue to cry or scream or run. But I have made the conscious choice to do these things, and that feels altogether lighter, easier, and safer. I am doing the feeling. The feeling is no longer doing me. Conscious choices that produce desirable results, that's Tantra. When we make the conscious choice to focus our attention on our breath, our movement, our speaking, our touch, our feelings, and our lover's eyes, we engaged our minds to help us connect, relax, and let go. The Exhilaration and Cathartic Meditations Both of these meditations, I can provide a powerful attitude adjustment in as little as 20 minutes. Although I think you will find that the longer 50 to 55 minutes are are versions even more effective. I suggest you begin with the 20-minute versions and work your way up to the longer versions if you feel so inclined. So the remaining portion of this chapter has the meditations that she describes, and they're actually quite long for me to read. So if you're interested in the meditation, I am going to just invite you to buy the book <laughs> because it's I'm reading over it and it looks a little challenging to to actually read here and for you to to understand it and actually perform it. So that concludes our chapter four in Urban Tantra, Sacred Sex for the 21st Century. You can actually find more of Barbara Corellis's work on at barbaracorellis.com and I'm actually really manifesting that when we finish this book we could have her on and uh, talk about the book and her path and journey. And she looks like a pretty amazing tantrika and badass babe. So uh, we get to have her on. Let's all manifest it together. And without further ado, let's jam out to some music, some sexy beats that will leave us feeling hot and sexy. 
This song I have for you guys is called The Good Life by Zhu. That's Z-H-U. I love you. I see you. I hear you. Until next time, sisters. Bye. Life is all about you and not at all about you. Now that's two opposing thoughts and yet both of them are true. How can you experience everything you choose to do while observing the experience you're having from a higher view? See, it's the question, not the answer, that's the higher view. Otherwise, you couldn't differentiate between the two. Awareness? But of who? You think you hurt me, but I promise I was letting you. They say we're all one, but where have we been heading to? I'd rather die free than have to live inside a petting zoo. I am the journey that I'm getting to. location. I am the map, so I travel back in time. I have everything I want because my imagination is mine, but mine is not enough for me because I am not my mind. I could see it all but never get to see I'm truly blind. I could be it all, but all identity is intertwined. The moon is only bright because it reflects the sunshine. Medicine and poisons an acquired taste 
So I started taking selfies of somebody else's face. Simply the children of this world. 